0: how's it going everybody and welcome to the first ever episode of the dynasty decisions podcast i'm your host bailey short you can find me on twitter at dynasty decision and co-hosting with me is my good buddy andrew
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Andrew. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew underscore NFL.
0: So the reason why Andrew and I decided to come out with this podcast, Dynasty Decisions, is uh, Andrew and I are lifelong friends. Um, We've been playing Dynasty for a long, long time. And basically, we talk about Dynasty fantasy football uh, and fantasy football in general uh, regularly. Um, And so we figured, why not start recording all the pages we have and putting them on the internet? So what we're hoping to bring to you guys at this podcast is uh, player analysis, obviously, um, listener Q&A. You can ask us any question you like on Fantasy Football uh, on our Twitter pages. We'll discuss with you on Twitter, but we also are going to use it as uh, content for the podcast. Uh, We want to talk about general, uh, general dynasty strategies. And basically what we're going to be talking about with that is like startup draft, uh, strategy, um, looking at numbers, valuating players. And also, of course, you got your rookie analysis. Um, as far as scheduling goes, a weekly show, um, as we kind of get rolling with this thing, we'll, we'll get like a day per week, but for now it's just going to be a weekly deal. Um, but that's what we're going to stick to for now. So, For the first episode, what I really want to talk about is Dynasty Startup Strategy. Andrew, I know you're just like me because we've been talking (laughs) about it. Um, Coronavirus has driven us both uh, into quarantine and also going crazy with uh, even more fantasy football um, than in the past. And so we're just joining startups all over the place. So, Andrew, how many Dynasty Startups have you joined?
1: Oh, man. Dude, let me tell you. Like this this whole virus and pandemic everything has pretty much just done that drove drove me a little bit insane up the walls on this, but as far as actual startups I've done four, but if we're talking about mock drafts, I mean, I I've done one just about Every single day, if not every other day. <laughs> I was gonna Since, say,
0: is it a 48-hour uh, kind dude, of thing here?
1: I mean, I've, I've been hitting them up like no one's business, like rookies, rookie-vet mix, you know, just just to try and see what the community is trying, oh, yeah. trying to trying to gauge a little bit before you know the regular season starts. Hopefully, we will have a season. I'm I'm hoping, crossing my fingers that we do. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah. I haven't I even mean, started going into that with the leagues I commission for because, you know, to me. It, uh i'm just going to be hopefully optimistic and have some uh safety nets if you will in place if if there is some things that are going wrong but hopefully we don't have to deal with that so uh i I know yeah yeah so i know we we've both been kind of co-owning some teams because we're joining so (laughs) many startup drafts that we need to share the burden a little bit um but so what's been your favorite format lately uh what what are you liking i mean i'm liking the super flex as always i think that's kind of the superior way to play uh fantasy football nowadays but what what are you are you the same way or what do you think no 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 i i mean
1: superflex is like a, a whole new world you know oh, like yeah you, you just you just open open your eyes and see the light but really what i've i've really enjoyed more than anything <laughs> is uh, super flex with a little tight end premium sprinkled in
0: man. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I like having I multiple, love it. yeah. Having multiple ways to value players, uh, with super flex and then, and then with tight end premium, it, it's fun to have, you know, I, 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 know we talk about this a lot. You get kind of tired of the, you know, RB, um, the running back fest that is standard, di- uh, our standard fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's nice to kind of have other positions matter a little bit more, uh, going into it. So, um, a question I want to ask you and kind of start off talking about like dynasty startup strategy. Um, when you join a new league, what's the first thing you're doing and looking at to start kind of formulating your strategy before you ever even have your first pick before you even know draft order? What, what are you looking at as far as how you're going to value players?
1: So, if we're going to go by evaluation, first off, if you join a league and have a league save, pay your dues, man. Get your draft on, on you know, ready to go before anything. But
0: yeah, You so, got to be leading yeah, the charge on paying, right? You exactly, gotta get everybody exactly.
1: <laughs> and uh, so when it comes to this kind of stuff, I mean, the scoring settings are definitely one of the things you want to look at too. Um, maybe not something as like detrimental to your team as interceptions, things like that, but stuff you want to look for, whether like we talked about superflex tight end premium we talked about running back points per carry ppr anything along those lines we want to make sure that we find out because the difference between a four point passing touchdown and a six point passing touchdown can just be insane in any of these kind of leagues too and i mean you have especially with tight end premium uh like we, we talked about earlier with rb uh points per carry standard just regular one point ppr and then I mean, I don't play it that much, but I mean, some people take into consideration the IDP and everything on that too. Um, but really the main thing is you you need to check your scoring settings to kind of evaluate what you're going to do in your draft before you actually start.
0: Yeah, and you know, something I like to kind of do is it's a good way to really get those like values down is I go in and look at the last three years in that league. And, and I know we use Sleeper, so it's actually really easy to do this you can look at the last 3 year um point totals for all the players and i like to look at like the top 30 to 40 to 50 overall players mm-hmm. and kind of look at you know positionally what's the percentage of each of each position represented in that league with those scoring settings and that kind of gives you a good idea of like okay you know in this league uh you know there were x amount um Quarterbacks in the in the top twenty, but in right in six point passing TD or whatever, but in this other league where it's you know point five PPR superflex tight end premium or something, there's more running backs or whatever, you know. Right, and, right. And So I find that's a good way to kind of get your get your your baseline down is just look at you know where do the positions kind of stack up overall and how much should you evaluate each position. Um, so let me ask you, in, in all these different formats, is, are there any that you kind of, like, you're fading? Like, you know, some guys are, like, tight and premium. You, like, draft George Kittle first round. You know, is, is that something that you think is important, or are you kind of fading any in particular, or what's your thoughts on that?
1: So you're saying, like, kind of like uh, a trap. In the value, yeah, of yeah, like a, okay.
0: yeah, you could put it that way, like a bat, like a, you know, like a little bear trap, a little, a little, a little, a uh, little, a little snake hole waiting yeah, to get you as, on there. as soon as you pick it, you know, you, you know, you screwed it up, and and you're and you're upset yeah. about it, and the rest of the draft you're trying to make up for for said mistake. <laughs> but yeah. absolutely,
1: yeah, no. So when it comes to value traps, like there's, I don't think like standard PPR, I don't think there's really any traps. I mean, certain. Certain formats have more of a trap potential. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me, but trap potential. Yeah, so I can hear.
0: I can hear them. Yeah. Your voice.
1: <laughs> so, like, I think Titan Premium is one of the things that could be a potential trap because you and I have talked about Titan Premium before too. Like, outside of of Kittle, Ertz, and Travis Kelsey, Kelsey. I yeah. mean, there's. I mean, the tier break there is
0: just pretty. Pretty substantial. Uh, I really agree with you. I, I find that, you know, people kind of overvalue that extra half a point or whatever it is. Or sometimes it's not even that much. Sometimes it's like 0.25. I mean, it's it, like. Exactly. Depending on how much nice. the premium is. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, I agree. And RBPPC, I kind of think it's the same way because here's my thing with uh, points per carry. That's what PPC is, if, if anybody's not familiar. You know, outside of like those top eight-ish running backs, you know, those are all workhorse guys. I mean, top eight running backs. We're we're talking about Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, um, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Dalvin Cook, and then you're looking at, like, Joe Mixon, uh, Nick Chubb, and, uh, you know, whoever you want to throw in in the eighth there. But, you know, those are all the main workhorse dudes. Those guys get the carries. But uh, outside of that, you know, are you really looking at a – um a running back that you're drafting after the first couple rounds as like that much more value because of a 0.2 or a 0.3 PPC. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, especially with the shelf life of a running back. Oh, know, absolutely. I'm, yeah. You know, it's just like, I'd rather take a, a lot start wide receiver one for five, six, seven years than a, uh, a running back that I might get two more years out of just because it's points per carry. So I agree with you. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as like six point passing TD, I don't think there is, is I actually don't think there's such a thing as a value trap at the quarterback, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. That's um, the one thing we will agree on, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, going to that, you know, how to, how, like, looking at the different formats, um, is there any certain format that you really just find it really changes the way you value uh, positions in a draft? And I'm talking, you know, positions like quarterback, running back, that kind of thing. Is is there any format that really changes? Obviously, Superflex changes the quarterback. The game, incredibly. That changes your
1: entire drafting strategy. Are are you a
0: quarterback in the first round kind of guy?
1: Depends, man. Um, So, oh God, it all depends on... Like where you draft and everything like that, which I think we're going to get into a little bit later. Um, if you're,
0: let's say you're a you're a you're a one point eight to one point twelve in a twelve team. Let's say you're eight to twelve pick. Um, basically, let me put it to you this way. Let's say you know the top four running backs have gone, and you're staring at a DeAndre Hopkins, a Devontae Adams, or a uh, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson. What's where are you leaning there? man you're
1: calling me out on one of my drafts man
0: yeah well i think i I think that's a (laughs) really good question
1: no, no you're right um so in the draft that we were referring to uh all of those people were actually taken my next option would have been i think deshaun watson or deandre hopkins and i took deandre hopkins for the safe floor and I have my reasons behind why I did that too. I mean the dude's produced every year since he came out. He's agree, produced with he's produced with Savage at quarterback in Houston. I mean
0: well, he's, and, and hypothetically. he's very safe. Correct. Exactly. Hypothetically. Like not even speaking about that particular draft. Like hypothetically, like so would you do that again if you were in the same position or would you or would you go with a well, quarterback?
1: I would probably go with the quarterback, like in superflex now. Uh, looking, if I had a Deshaun Watson or a Kyler Murray, one hundred percent. That's in, that's a. I, I say it's kind of a no-brainer on that. And,
0: and, and would you say because of the youth, rushing upside, a little bit of both? There is that. Is that where um, you're looking at with those quarterbacks? Is that so? Kinda... Even
1: then, right? Exactly. So the their ceiling. I don't think that Kyler Murray has even come close to his ceiling you know i mean he's been in the nfl for one year yeah i mean and then we June was still, there, he was yeah he was still a, like a top 15 asset in dynasty
0: yeah, i agree
1: you know i agree but Deshaun watson i mean everyone's saying that his value went down whenever deandre hopkins left dude that's i don't believe that in the slightest i think, I, I mean, I think still it's still gonna be fine
0: i agree i think it's gone down some because he has lost the hall of fame right. level receiver
1: right but, but-
0: I agree with you there. I, I think, and you know, so, um, continuing with that, uh, I, I'm wondering here, like with a quarterback versus a receiver, you know, how much of it is talking about positional, uh, valuation. Um, you know, a D hop is going to score like a tier one wide receiver is going to score a lot more than like a tier three, but how much is the value difference? Like, Um, how much is the value difference between like a Kyler Murray to you and like a Matt Ryan? Um, you know, like a lot of people argue that like you can get those kind of bargain bin. uh, Matt Ryan's not really a bargain bin quarterback, but you see what I'm saying. You can kind of get those, um, you know, the, the tier breaks are, are, are smaller in the quarterback position. And while I'd agree with that, I think if you have a guy that's young and rushing upside like Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray, it's worth taking in the first round. But, um, so anyway you know that going into the next thing i want to talk about is when you're drafting how often are you looking at do you like to go bpa um when is the situation that you get into like drafting for your roster need and and do you, and how do you feel about that like where God are you kind of at with that <laughs> that's a that's well, that's, that's,
1: a, that's a major topic of discussion between anyone who ever has played fantasy before like Whenever yeah. you look down at your board and you're you're missing, you know, you look down and you're like, oh, oh crap! I have no RB two, but I have four wide receivers right now. Like oh I yeah, yeah, that's I'm never a good situation.
0: Now. <laughs> that is a like bad I'm, situation to be in. I'm,
1: I'm I'm missing that too. Um, so one thing that I've learned over the years of playing Dynasty and even even redraft too is BPA. I think is a is a good strategy to go with because at the end of the day you can always deal those players to shore up any potential shortcomings you have in your roster.
0: Exactly. If you have any level of activity in the league, the trading um you know, I I like to look at and and for for the record real quick for clarification, BPA is best player available um, to those that aren't familiar with the term, but I always find best player available um, is the way to go. Anytime I make a drafting for my roster need decision, because it happens, we've all been there, right? Like you just said, you look down at your team, you realize, oh crap, I don't have a wide receiver too, or I don't have that third quarterback in Superflex, and you start kind of panicking. Um... You you know, and 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 you want to draft a guy that may not necessarily be the best player on the board, but you're worried about you're looking at your roster and you're like, oh crap, I need to make sure my team looks good. And uh, I almost always regret the the roster need um, draft decision. Um, the only time I think it's it's a good call is quarterbacks again in superflex. Um, I just I think you always want to shore up there, but I agree. And you know, for me, looking at a player's market value is is a lot of it too cuz like you said if they've got good trade value you can always trade out of the pick later for a need you know what i mean so absolutely
1: even even if you go ahead and you make the pick i mean i can't tell you how many times in some of these startups and everything that i make a pick and someone was like, "Oh, dude, I really wanted that guy here. Yeah, like, exactly. What would you take now, for this?" You know.
0: Now you got the sex appeal going on. You that's got, right. You, you that's got your right. sexy, your sexy guy over there, and, and you're just dangling in front of the other owners like a carrot. And eventually, someone's gonna reach a little bit. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we you see it all the time, and, and that's why to me BPA, especially, and this is assuming you're in a league that's actually decent in trading. Uh, by the way, because I mean I don't know about you, but. Quick tangent, but you know, Man. trading and dynasty—that's where it's at. I mean, that's the fun of it for me. I, I like negotiating with other teams and all that stuff. So,
1: no, I agree with you on that. But also, remember, sometimes—I mean, one of the the analysts that we've talked to has said, you know, sometimes the best trade is the one you don't
0: make. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, getting those players that have trade value and and have the shelf life of trade value is always nice. Absolutely. You, Absolutely. You know, Like to a Julio Jones owner, I know anybody that owns Julio Jones, anytime you shop him, unless it's a guy who's trying to win this season, oh, well, he's 31. I don't know how much more time. Anytime you have any guy that's like over 28 years old, well, he's getting kind of old. I don't know. And you're just like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get rid of this dude on my roster because everybody just thinks he's like grandpa out there playing freaking football looking and, at you, Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and then he drops a freaking what was it? Four year contract? four year
1: contract, man. Yeah, and everyone, so everyone was worried about
0: him being old. That was that was that was major. That was major. God, that
1: was but, crazy, wasn't it? Anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm looking at BPA. I'm looking at, and I always like to go BPA of roster. Need like you to agree, and then you know talking about making a draft board here uh, you know some guys are like religious with the draft board and everything yeah i I actually don't make a draft board ever i've actually i've never ever made a draft board but i have a like tiered list in my brain that i kind of just um you know i've got like the players up and i kind of know where my tier breaks are so like for me eh, and Andrew, you can, you can chime in on this, you know, but mm-hmm. I find that having the tiers in your players, in your pl- in your draft board is super important because that right. kind of gives you a valuation of a group of players. And you have certain players in there that you might like more than others, but they're all, you know, around the same value around the same output and, and, and that kind of thing for you. So, you know, like, okay, If there's two more players left in that RB two tier, I really like, but there's four more players in that wide receiver two tier. I really like, I'll wait till my next pick to get that receiver because I'm really okay with any of those four names, but I need to get one of those two. And, and and, is that kind of how you approach it too? I mean, the tier system to me that, you know, mentally are writing it down. That's the way to go.
1: Right. So, I mean, some people are going to argue with you saying like making a tier list is technically making a board, you know,
0: well, actually, but. I, it is. I'm just saying I've never physically, you know, I don't never, need to. I've never written I have, one down. Exactly. I, I am a fantasy wizard and don't need to do anything like that. So there it's all go. in my yeah. brain. Yeah, exactly. I live it and breathe it. But anyway, yeah. some of the people who may
1: consume our content may not be, it, you know, the yes, right. that, that you are self-proclaimed. It, Anyway,
0: exactly. That's, <laughs> that's completely true. Um, so,
1: the big thing about that is whenever you make a draft board and your tier lists, like the, the main takeaway from that is at the end of the day, you have your analysts, you have tier lists from different people, you have a lot of information yeah. out there available yeah. to, to consume. And to the, the, the big thing is form your own opinion of who you believe in and who you believe will exceed their ADP, you know, their, their average draft position. For sure. And take them out of value, you know, because you, you want to steal value on that too, you know, because you take somebody, let's just go wild, you know, you get someone at 8-6, you know, round 8, pick 6, and they exceed that ADP, you know, to like a second round pick. I mean, dude, the return you oh, can get on insane. that from... Yeah from even if you wanted to trade it or even if you're holding you know that's that's yeah, almost, that's, that's, that's probably steal. league winning honestly yeah like that uh, value 100%. is league winning
0: 100 percent. you're right about that that puts you at a huge advantage and um that that's a good way of looking at it i agree i i find that uh so when you're making your tiers i mean what are you kind of looking at as far as what's your like how are you valuing these players like like you don't have to go super in depth because we could spend right. a whole episode. But like, what's True. your criteria? Like, um, is it is it uh, age? Is it uh, situation, talent, market value, trade appeal? Like, what are your main factors that you like to consider personally?
1: So whenever I go and I have to make a decision on my draft boards, my tier list, and things like that, some of the things I look at is workload. Of course, you know if if you're going so, out there and trying to. To trying to draft somebody, you know, who's a wide receiver and he's got a fifteen percent target share, a ten percent target share, like that's that's abysmal. Like I don't want to go out and so and
0: situation do that. Is, is, is what you're describing exactly. There. Yeah, There's okay. situation
1: to an extent. Um,
0: so give of, me like out of a hundred percent, I want out of a hundred percent. What's like your how are you dividing up how your criteria is? So
1: situation is probably a lot of people will sit here and argue with you and say that talent oh yeah versus talent versus situation. situation i hate this argument sometimes too like everyone always tells you and like i've 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 parroted it so much without like doing my own research like talent always wins out that's not true a lot of the time too okay, okay. you know because there's there's big names too you know uh, I, barring I, barring I, injury you know so i don't want to go off on a tangent but deandre swift to uh, of Detroit, Every, Detroit is a Don't wasteland. get me started. I know. Okay, okay.
0: we're going yeah. on. Well, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Give me your, give me your hundred. Like, so you would say you value situation over talent, and then so let's Correct. like say, let's say situation for you is a third. Let's say talent for you is like a tenth or or twenty percent or something. Okay. I don't know. Uh, so then, what else is? it? Is it trade appeal? Is that a pretty big factor? Tra- you age. Trade appeal is not
1: bad. Age, like a lot of people also. I mean, it depends on how your team is. Like, if you wanted to go into win now, or if you wanted to go, you know, further in and compete later too, age could be a factor. But oh yeah, a, well, yeah,
0: there's a different sure. factor
1: for them on each yeah, one. Yeah, you, you know? could kind
0: of be drafting like a more win now team if you're picking guys like, like we said earlier, Julio Jones is a great example um you know Shoot if you're to Todd getting,
1: Gurley with his injury situations yeah if you're picking aging. up Todd
0: Gurley in the middle rounds and you're just saying okay you know what my team's gonna really compete right away and that's the way I'm going through this draft right. that's that and and so um so age for you is a little bit in there um I would what, say a little less than that but yeah age is in there too what's extent. your biggest what's your biggest factor that, that, that's a that, situation I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Situation. Okay. Absolutely. So I would say, I would say talent for me. And and the reason why I would say talent, um, I, one, I actually would agree with you 100% and what you said with sometimes the situation outweighs the talent because you see it all the time where like a guy has a bunch of talent, but he never gets the right team around him, or, you know, he's injured a lot or he never, he has somebody else. Like look at Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. True. I mean, Kareem Hunt is an amazing running back, but now he's behind Nick Chubb and he's never going to be, they're both going to have a little bit of a cap. I think Nick Chubb is obviously the guy to own. They're both good um, targets, but Nick Chubb is obviously the guy to own there. Um, They're their own worst
1: enemies there. They they both cap each other's ceiling.
0: But because, uh, this is why I, I lean talent though. Because of Kareem Hunt's talent, if there's any upside that is seen, to the public, whether it's a good game, whether it's something happens to Nick Chubb, whether it's trade rumors or uh, Kareem Hunt approaching FA or whatever, the trade value on that player is exponentially higher than somebody that's not seen as a, not seen as a talented um, athlete. You know what I mean? I understand like, that. No, I yeah, absolutely get that. So, like, for me, I'm always, when I'm making my tiers, I like to pick up the guys that have talent, and I like to pick up the guys that have sex appeal because i I really like to try to trade I like the buy low and the selling high of dynasty Fair and enough. and and I just find when you have those talented players, any positives are um are even higher um with the talented guys. so that's kind of where I'm at with my tier lease with my tier list, not least. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Knows. so let's go let's let, let's let's let's. Let's move on to another topic of discussion on here too yes okay. is, is trading startup picks cuz we talked about drafting at like the awkward positions. So the first yeah. thing is like you have to depend you have to look at how many people are in your league. You have a 10 man league, you have a 12 man league, 14, 16, 32 if you're getting wild and crazy yep, out yep, there. I would never do a 32. I haven't done league.
0: that, but I have been seeing more and more of that. I might yeah. want to try that sometime. Oh my it'd, goodness. Anyway, it'd be so, crazy. Anyway, yeah. This is why I like
1: I've come around to the slow draft is because about this next topic we're going to discuss is trading your startup picks.
0: Oh, I, yeah. want, well, I want to
1: see what you have. You know, I know we talked about league size format and the awkwardness of your pick. Like what what do you think yeah. about trading your startup picks?
0: Well, so first of all, the slow draft, I mean, if you're trading startups in, in, uh, in a faster draft, that's tough. I mean, they, there's so much to consider there when you're looking at trading your picks. So I definitely agree with the slow draft thing, Um, especially nowadays because everybody does it remotely. But um, when I like to trade um, my startup picks, first of all, trading down is a lot of the time a great move. Uh, If you can get a guy to trade, like let's just say, like if I'm, I don't know, that's actually a really tough debate because like personally, I like to trade down, but this is where to me, having your tiered draft board is so important. Because like if you are looking at your team, now, obviously, like a Christian McCaffrey, if I'm 101, 102, maybe 103, but probably not anymore, or a Saquon, I'd go either or. If I'm a Saquon or a Christian McCaffrey prospective owner here, I'm not trading out of that pick. But let's just say it's a Dalvin Cook. Let's say I'm at like 107, 108, and Dalvin Cook's staring me down. And I have a guy offering me his second and fifth or something for my first. That'd be hard for me to not take because then instead of getting Dalvin Cook, I missed my first round pick, but I get two second round guys. So I'm getting two high end. I, I can get an RB and a wide receiver one, or, or a QB lock one, or a, and an RB one right there. You mean lock and, as
1: in as in a lock into your quarterback yeah, like, one? Like, not not, not like Drew Deshaun, lock, by the no, way.
0: Not yet. <laughs> maybe. Maybe one day, but not yet. In the um, second round. Oh, okay. Okay. In super flex. Yeah, I'm just saying like, you know, you get that Deshaun Watson. You get the Kyler Murray, you get the Dak Prescott, you get that guy who you put in your quarterback slot every week. You never have to worry about it; he's good to go. Same thing with the running back. You get—you're not trying to give or take. You're getting those two back-to-back guys, and then you're getting another uh, fifth-round pick, which you know to me, something that you—you you know, your your first three rounds of, of of value is always like your big boys, but then that four, five, six, and seven round. You know, there's a lot of value there. So trading for me, um, it's all about having the tier list. Because if I see like trading up, if I see a guy that's like, you know, the last running back in tier two and I have a chance to go up and get him, it's usually worth trading up to go get him. Because he's that's my tier break, you know? Exactly. I, I'm going off my tier list. Whereas if I'm looking at trading back, if I want to take a wide receiver here, if I'm going to take a wide receiver, but there's eight wide receivers in the tier I'm in right now and some dude wants my pick, come and take it. I'm I'm fine with giving that pick away because there um, I'm going to get one of those eight guys that I'm really fine with any of them and I'm going to get something else in return. So like I'm all about that. Um, so we've talked about the, the trading, the startup, we've talked about scoring settings and general draft stuff. So, What's your go-to draft strategy? Are you a zero RB guy? Are you an are you an early and often RB guy? You know, in superflex, are you an early QB guy? Or, or do are oh, you do goodness. you like to wait? The age-old debate,
1: the age-old debate that we always talk about with that. Um, so I do play redraft too, and so if you ever want to bounce questions off me on Twitter about redraft and everything like that, um, feel free to do so. But The zero RB strategy comes through, I think, in redraft a lot as well. I think zero RB is just detrimental, even if even if you go to dynasty, even if you go to redraft. I just think it's it's detrimental to your team in the beginning. Yeah,
0: I would agree. I think it's a little bit more viable in dynasty because of the shelf life thing. But even even then, I agree. It's it's a really You need one. I feel like you need one dominant running back. You have to have an anchor. You have to. And really, it's nice to have two. And I find it's interesting how much traction the zero RB argument gets. Because, again, even in Dynasty, I just – how many leagues are we in, Andrew, either as a (laughs) co-owner or in it together, where the running back position is so valued? You can go out and get – if you have running backs, you can trade them for all sorts of shit. Oh, absolutely. I mean,
1: really? No, you're you're like, absolutely right on that stuff. I mean, I have people throwing, you know, I mean, I haven't had an Ezekiel Elliott offer yet. To, well, I take that back. In one of our leagues, I had a Michael Thomas for Ezekiel Elliott offer. I would add, have added something else, and that's crazy. He had yeah. a record-setting year last year, hasn't had under 1,000 yards, all this other stuff. I mean, and that's for Ezekiel Elliott, who's on his second contract with the Cowboys, who's aging, who had... He had coronavirus, you know. Well,
0: that's a whole nother thing. I, I agree, you know, people it's really hard. People freak out if they don't have that like anchor running back in their lineup. And so for me, not getting a running if you don't if you don't have a running back after your first two drafts, after or after your first two picks in a startup draft, that's like panic mode a little bit to me. Like I'm like, okay. Cause at this point you've you're probably not getting anything outside of like a top twelve back. And that's like, I mean, that's, that's I
1: mean, the 12 team leader, I mean, that's an RB one, you know? And even then, like, I feel like you should have one, one RB one.
0: Oh, for sure. If you go zero RB, I think the key is you have to get those rookie running backs, um, down the line that might blow up, you know what I mean? Like, and those are you mentioned a lot of DeAndre those people, Swift.
1: exactly. I think you a lot have of those, to get
0: those guys, a lot of those
1: end up being lottery tickets too, because so many rookie running backs end up fizzling out too. You, you do, know, There's, you do there's see only that. so many. There's only so many you can get that went to a good situation or very talented.
0: And, st- you know? and stay healthy is the other thing. Staying that's healthy. That's huge.
1: Thing. Exactly. I mean, apparently Georgia produces running backs that have arthritis in their knees. So Michelle about to and say, Todd Gurley.
0: Michelle, <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's a great point. It, um,
1: it, it depends on everything when it comes to that, but I, I think the zero yeah. RB like mentality is is silly and
0: yeah i I just don't it just doesn't seem to work out if you believe in it man
1: if you believe in it i mean run it dude but i think that's absolutely silly because i feel like you you have to have an anchor in your well to me and to me
0: trading a, a wide receiver for a running back is like swimming upstream like you are legitimately fighting the like the river you are the salmon trying to jump up the waterfall and you're jumping right into the bear's mouth. Cause it's like, Oh, I agree with that. <laughs> you're going to overpay. Absolutely. Like you're in a situation where you're like, you're either going to overpay. Like I had a guy offer me uh, Leonard Fournette for Debo Samuel straight up. And like, you know, Leonard Fournette's fantasy output is obviously this year going to be great. But I mean, Debo Samuel, I'd rather have Debo Samuel long-term. He's, sure. and he's easy. He's a sophomore. He's
1: a sophomore in the league, dude. Yeah. The second
0: year. Even with the Jones fracture. Like I'd still yep. rather have Debo long-term. So it's like nothing. Take Debo now, everyone. <clears throat> but it's just, yeah. Great buy low on Debo, I think, uh, by the way. But, um, so yeah, zero RB. I don't think that's even, but so for super flex and even, and especially six point passing touchdown super. Ooh,
1: this is, this is going to be a fun one to get into. So,
0: are you a QB? I personally, and you already know this, I'm a QB. I, I'm almost gone to taking quarterback in the first and second. This is the one time I'll advocate don't not taking an RB there, and I hate it every time I do it. But getting those quarterbacks early on in superflex and then six point passing TD to me is invaluable. I mean, the floor. No,
1: I agree absolutely.
0: Yeah, the floor and the shelf life on these guys. I mean, you're talking about, you get a guy, like, like like if you get a guy like Drew Brees, how long has Drew Brees been in the league? Too Off the long. Top? I, he's Just been kidding. I'm, I'm a,
1: I say too long. He, I'm, I'm a New Orleans Saints homer. So Drew Brees has been in the league. I mean, he's turning, what, 42 this year? 40?
0: 41? Something like that. I mean, the guy's been in the league forever. Um, yeah, he's 41 years old. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, he's been in the league. He's been in the league for 18 years. Okay. Going on 19. So you get a guy like Drew Brees, that's your quarterback for almost 20 years. Potentially. True. I mean, I, I just, I cannot see, you know, you're not obviously a running back. You're lucky to get five or six elite years out of, right. um, so for me, the quarterback, I, I always am going to take a quarterback in the first two rounds. I can see, I've kind of changed a little bit. I'm quarterback, running back now in super flex and 6-point passing TDs. But uh, you know, getting that quarterback in the, in at least the first 3 rounds for me is super important because and here's the other reason too. Good luck trading for quarterbacks in super flex. It's Yes, yeah,
1: you got to pay the farm. And here here, let, yeah. me, let me let me let me hit you with a stat. Let me hit you with a stat. Okay. So with 6-point passing touchdowns out of the top 15 scorers in that format for superflex 11 of them were quarterbacks four four people were in that discussion with everyone too and four point touchdowns nine of the top 15 scorers were quarterback too god so, that's
0: still a super high it shows you how high that, I that mean, that's more than 50
1: percent. exactly
0: yeah, for both I mean, I mean i've
1: seen i've seen um I've seen stats that have seen quarterbacks and your super flex position there too. So say that's your your third flex position, and people are like, "Well, I'm not worried about drafting a quarterback. They they're they're just you know a dime a dozen." Well, it was like the worst quarterback or like a middle of the road quarterback. So take your Derek Carrs, take your Jimmy Garoppolo's, your Kirk Cousins, who
0: you're. yeah well, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. That's a very right. unexciting. Okay, Jared Goff. Where it, Where is Jared Goff overall in six-point passing? In the
1: six-point passing? Um, no idea. Jared Goff. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I would say he's he's pretty middle of the road, but.
0: I'm looking for him. Okay, he's 16th. Yeah, overall. exactly. That's and crazy. Right. That's, that's no, that, absolutely sorry, insane. That was, value. That's projected. That's projected. But still, still, I mean, like, that's crazy. I mean, you, you look at it like that, and it, like Jimmy Garoppolo last year was 15th. So he outscored Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, obviously, we're and taking those then, guys in
1: first. And in, even in six-point passing, you know who he actually outscored? Who's that? <clears throat> that is Mr. Rushing Yard title himself, Derrick Henry.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Derrick Henry was 23rd. So that just shows yeah. you the value. Now obviously this goes back to that argument. Well, you know, Derrick Henry's going to score a lot more than a lot of other running backs at the position and that is true. But when you're in those middle rounds, um to me you need to grab the uh, the quarterbacks. If uh, like just stock them cuz trading away again, trading for a quarterback is swimming upstream. Trading I away agree. quarterbacks is free money. Yeah, it's free money especially I gave if you a, own a bunch of them
1: especially like dude take a flyer man you know in one of our leagues too like cam newton still hadn't signed on a team i took cam newton in like the 18th round of one of our drafts
0: and yeah, ended up money. getting
1: and i ended up getting a return of dwayne haskins and two rookie picks are you kidding me like that's yeah that's, that's, so that's then, almost a so no-brainer to completely me completely
0: gone to a rookie you have all the and then think of dwayne haskins his value if he has a good season like we were talking about earlier before the show, Kyler Murray. Look at where he was when he was drafted, the value, yep. and now look at where he is this year. I mean, People he's a first-round startup in Superflex yep. right now, exactly. Arguably, exactly. It's not first, second. So early this is second. A guy, yeah. yeah, this is a guy that was a rookie. So after one season, that's where he is. That's insane. I'll be interested to see where Joe Burrow ends up
1: with that Agreed. too.
0: But. Um, um, Another thing that we need to talk about, too, is
1: uh, like the point differential and how important QBs are in six point compared to four point passing touchdowns as well, too. So just to put it in perspective, Lamar Jackson, I mean, NFL MVP, great, outstanding football player.
0: Yeah. Insane rushing floor.
1: Uh, exactly. So Lamar in a six point passing touchdown scored 491 points last year.
0: So that's like 90 more points, right?
1: So yeah, close to it, right? He scored 413 and four point touchdowns, okay. and I mean yeah. he has he has the rushing floor, which I mean makes him well, a little bit. Well, and that's what now. I was to say.
0: That's just Lamar. Yeah, that's I mean thirty.
1: That's thirty six freaking touchdowns last year that he threw. You know.
0: Well, and like Mahomes threw. I think didn't didn't Mahomes throw fifty last One year. year or yeah. two years ago? Yeah, years I mean ago. like that's whenever
1: he beat uh, Drew Brees out for
0: NFL MVP. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that is just unbelievable i mean i agree you know you really I, I personally in superflex 6 point pass and touchdown you can't overvalue quarterback um but yeah you know as as far as as far as that goes i think uh you're all, you want to look at your format develop your draft strategy don't go zero rb J- just trust us it's it That's, it seems cool good. and the hipster thing good. to do but it's, it's not, not. It's bad. If you want to be a hipster, draft quarterbacks early in Superflex. Yeah. <laughs> that, makes, that makes a lot more sense. You have all um, the trade
1: ammunition in the world, too. Um, so what, what, what else do we have to go for here? I, I
0: think that's about it, man. I mean, for, again, uh, that just kind of covers all of the, the stuff we're looking at for a Dynasty mm-hmm. startup. Um, how we're valuing players in Dynasty startup and uh and kind of where we're going with that so i like it i think it's good and hopefully uh we're kind of laying out a good roadmap for you guys that that give us a listen and and check out the episode and again if you have any other questions um i'm dynasty decision on twitter uh andrew uh
1: i am andrew underscore nfl on twitter all right
0: so give us a follow hit us up on twitter Um, we're going to be discussing what we want to do for the next show, but if we get any questions on there, I love kind of discussing, uh, that kind of stuff, um, on the show. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, like I said, check us out on Twitter and we will see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Later. Thank y'all.